Conversations. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, inviting you to be in community with us about conversations and ideas that matter with people making a difference. Uh, today, our guest is Zorabel Martinez. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Uh, this person is not only an educator and a psychotherapist, uh, but a recent author. So, congratulations to you. So how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so excited to be here. Hey. So, you know, I, I always joke with people uh, uh, about my name. Um, for some reason, right, uh, my family's from Jamaica. And so, uh, uh, right, my brothers and sisters, right, Oche Zico Ronaldo, uh, Right, everybody has an accent on their name, and I ended up getting Justin Farmer. Right, <laughs> so I got no culture, no Sultan and seasoning. Right, um, so how is there a story behind your name? Is there something that you can share with us about your name? Yes. So uh, my name is Soriba Martinez. I am originally from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, I am a very proud Latina, um, Afro-Latina, and um, the story of my name is that, um, first of all, uh, there is a very famous florist shop in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo called Jardín Soribel. So when my mom, the, the guy that made up that name had two daughters. One, one of the daughters was named Isabel, and the other one was named another name. But he wanted to open up this business, but he didn't want to give either or names to the business. So he combined his two daughters' names and made Sori Bell. Actually, you're probably not going to find a lot of Sori Bells around. The, the name is very unique to be for sure. So when my mom was um, in labor, that my father was taking my mom to um, give birth to me, he passed by Harding Sori Bell. <laughs> and he said, if the, if she is, if it's the girl, I'm going to name her Soribel. And that's why I got this name. And when you look up the name, uh, the meaning of name and name is um, the definition is unique. The only one. Okay. Yes. So that's the story behind my name. Literally, it was a dad that combined the name and then my dad decided to name me. That name, without knowing the story behind Haldin Soribel, um, Floristeria Soribel, and what it meant, and really, that's how I came to be Soribel Martinez. 
That is a, a beautiful story uh, opposed to my grandpa being like, this guy looked like an old man. Old man name is Justin. Name of Justin. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but no, no, thank you. We, we, we love having you. Um, how did you get into the field of psychotherapy and what led you into the field? So a um, long time ago, when I was about seven years old, um, back in the Dominican Republic, I was a very dreamy girl. I'm still a big dreamer. And I used to look at the stars and in DR, we used to practice either naming the stars, counting them as children. That, that was part of our game. Like, look at the star, look at the sky, name the, name the stars. We knew the position that they were, all those things. So I remember that I was seven, I used to dream of writing a book, being this big business person. I used to dream about changing the world. And I used to name about going to Paris and being this a person that would tell stories and that would change people's lives. So um, that's how my whole journey began. And when I moved to the United States, when I was 12, that journey began uh, what is now the book Unbreakable, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in, in coming to United States and dealing with acculturation issues and having to adapt um, a new culture um, and being able to um, leave my, my country, leave everything that I knew, my friends, my teachers, um, my weather, my food, everything. It was so, um, I was so connected to it. And coming to United States began that journey of dealing with some adversity. So when I went to high school, went to college, I began to notice some family dysfunctions that I wanted to break. I wanted to break some of the machismo mindset. I wanted to break some of the um, family um, dynamics. Um, My father being a machista, my mom being a woman that was submissive, and my dad living a life that it was just like his life, right? Having other relationships outside the marriage, so on and so forth, and kind of like making that to be something that was normal. But for me, I come to America and now I'm being acculturated into a new culture, right? Into a new place, new idea, new values, new ways of thinking. I was not okay with that. I was not okay with that. And I was very verbal about it. That I was not okay with it. So what I did was I decided that I was going to go to school for psychology. And then I was going to go to medical school because I wanted to become a psychiatrist. But I did my bachelor's in psychology so I can understand my own family dynamics. Mm. And um, um, so I can send, uh, so I can um, process my own family dynamics. That's how I got into psychology. And then um, I did a bachelor's in psychology, a bachelor's in biology, went to medical school for two years, but then didn't really like medical school. And then when I came back, I came back home. Uh, I fin- I did my master's in, so- in, in psychology, a master's in business administration, and a master's in social work. And that's what brings me here today. I am currently attending Walden University, um, completing my doctorate in social work, and I value education. I value change and transformation. I value changing and transforming um, generational curses and generational trauma. So that's how my story began. That's how I got into the field. No, that that is, that is wonderful. For y'all that are just joining us, you're listening to Just In Time Conversations 
WNHHFM 103.5. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, here with Zorbel Martinez, sharing with us uh, uh, her journey uh, uh, to getting into the field of, of psychotherapy. Um, so you recently came out with a book, right? Um, I'm sure your whole life it, it inspired you, but what was the moment to you that you said, I got to do this, right? And, 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 you know, when, would, when did that click for you that you said, you know, enough has happened. I really want to share my story. I really want to inspire people. I made that decision uh, last year. I always knew, like I said, that I was going to be a writer, that I was going to do big things in the world, that I wanted to be um, this leader in the community. But then I become a mom. I became a mom, and being a mom became a more more important than the career, right? So I was waiting for my son to get older. Now he's fifteen, so I can do certain things, right? Because I wanted to make sure that his um, primary years were formed and he was strong, built black man. So then I can focus on some of my other career goals. So the reason why I wrote these stories is this. Um, in 2009, I was getting prepared to, um, to go to Panama with my son and my friends. I had promised my son that for every year of his life that I was going to take him into a different country so he can learn other cultures, right? And what happened is that I um, we were preparing to go to Panama and I was actually getting out of my car to go to the mall to buy a few things in preparation for my, my trip. And I get the phone call that nobody wants to get. My son was two years and a half. I was still breastfeeding him. And my doctor calls me and says, sorry, Belle, um, the, um, the MRI that we send you to, 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 to do actually shows that you don't only have one brain aneurysm, you have two brain aneurysms. So they have discovered that I had uh, aneurysm in the prefrontal lobe and in the middle cerebral artery. And in that moment, my life literally just took a 180. Because at the time, can you imagine, I had worked so hard to be a mom. I was living my life. It was a good life. I was doing great things in the world. And I get this, this, this news that I need to call my doctor. I need to call back the office and schedule an appointment because we need to start planning what is going to be the solution. Because if you know anything about aneurysms, aneurysm can pop one day and they can last forever and nothing happens, right? And I was in therapy. I was doing in-home services, helping family, children, adolescents. So it was a very stressful job. And they were afraid that because of the stress level, that maybe the aneurysm will one of them will pop and then I will have a, a brain um a stroke and then you know the consequences. But let me step back for a moment and tell you that the reason why the doctor sent me for MRI was because I was complaining about headaches. He thought that it was like a stress related or um uh maybe uh, migraine headaches, but because my family there's a strong history of brain aneurysms in women. He said, we need to just check the box. Literally, I know nothing is happening, but we just want to check the box. Well, when he came back, I had um, two brain aneurysm and I needed surgery. They put me out of work. And from that moment, that took me into a journey of more change and transformation in my life. Mm 
And I knew that this was going to be the story that I needed to tell women so they can decide that they can become unbreakable in their life and in, in, in the career and anything that they desire. So in that moment, I decided in 2009, 2010, I had surgery 2010. It took me a year to find the doctor that I wanted to do my surgery. And it took me a year because um, I wanted to make sure that all the work that I needed to do in regards to my mindset, my heart, my spirit, I needed to, to put some things into place that I had the time to do that. But I knew that the book that I was going to write was going to be called Unbreakable. And that's how Unbreakable was birthed, because in this book, I tell stories about my life and what have been some of the tools and strategies that I have used to literally transform myself into the woman that I have become. Now, best author twice on Amazon. This is my mm-hmm. second. The first one was like a, a collaboration book. This is my solo book. Um uh, bestseller in three categories. Um, and I know that this book can really change the life of a lot of people, especially women. And I am sharing the stories because this book, the stories in this book are the story of many women and people out there. Mm. People that need just a push, just someone to show them what's possible in life. As a single mom, as a um, as a, a minority, as an Afro-Latina, running a multi-million dollar business today and teaching all the businesses, all the healthcare professionals how to do the same, it's really big, right? When I was that little girl in the Dominican Republic dreaming about being influential and being a leader and doing all of these things, I never knew what I was asking for, actually, because I didn't know what was the journey going to be, right? I didn't know what was what was going to happen in my life that was going to take me to writing Unbreakable and really giving people the tools and the strategies that they need to overcome adversity, becoming the person that they really want to become and building a business that is successful. So we don't always, it's not always about making money, you know. It's about the impact that we are going to create in the world so people, other people can benefit from that work, right? Mm. So uh, I am very proud of this book because this is a journey of personal leadership, showing my son how to do it. Mm. You understand? Being his hero. I don't want him. I don't want a singer to be his hero. I don't want an author to be his his singer, his hero. I don't want somebody who's um, uh, anybody else to be his hero. I want to be that person that he can say, I saw my mom do it. I can do it too. Mm. And then I can teach that to everybody else. No, that, that, that's powerful. I, um, you mentioned how education is important to you. And you mentioned, um, uh, you know, that you're working on your your doctorates now and and have several masters. I'm like, it seems like no one's your master but you. Uh, <laughs> what, what what made you decide that you know you needed to go back to school? I decided that when I was seven years old <laughs> that I was going to be an educated woman and. Although those letters are not representative of who I am as a person, Mm. surely they have given me the knowledge 
the information so I can implement it so I can be, become a wise woman. You see, because one thing is gathering information and knowledge. And another thing is having the capacity to implement it so you can get wisdom. Right. And wisdom is very important because what that wisdom is going to do is going to help me be the personal leader in my family, be the person, the, the leader in the community, be the personal leader in, in the world. I believe that Unbreakable is not just a book. I decided that this is not just a book. It, I have the book and I have a companion journal that, that is a journal for people to literally take all the tools and strategies so they can build the life that they really want, right? So um, education is important because knowledge allows us to transform and change. And I know that Unbreakable is that's just going to be this book and this journal. I know for sure that it's going to be a worldwide movement that I'm creating to tell women that it is possible for them. Because you see, as a Black Afro-Latina, I didn't have all the Afro-Latinas around me doing the things that I wanted to do. I had to come to America and figure it out. I had to figure out I didn't have the role model. I had role models of women doing different things and they, they were great at it, like being a mother, being a wife, taking care of the homes, doing all those things. But for me, it was not about that. I wanted to take the leadership of that those women taught me to a whole different level. And this is why I decided to educate myself. I value education. I will forever value education and it's worth the investment to educate in your mind and in your soul, because actually it's the only thing that you take with you. You don't mm. take anything else, but you take the knowledge, the experiences and the wisdom that you have gotten, you know, from, from living in this world. And that's important to me. For, for those of y'all that may join us, you're listening to Just In Time Conversations, WNHH. FM 103.5. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, our guest, Zorabel Martinez. Uh, you are a professor at Post University. So when did that become a thing and how, how has that been in, in the midst of COVID? Um, I started uh, teaching at Post prior to COVID. Mm. So I was, I uh, was doing, um, um, and class on uh, cultural and psychology and how do we professionals in the mental health field utilize culture to help our clients. And then COVID hit and it was a transition. It was a transition for all of us. But this is what I know about transitions. Mm. And this is what I know about um, adversity. Every adversity brings within itself a seed of change and transformation. Mm. And it always brings the opportunity for growth and success. So can you imagine if you and I, if I would have written this book before COVID, I would have had to come to your station to talk to you about my book. But how wonderful it is. I'm not saying that it's wonderful that we had a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that we have to look at the good within the storm. We have to look at the good within the crisis. We have to find something good within because a lot of students, if we had had a pandemic 100 years ago, everybody would have stopped. Mm. 
And by the way, because of technology and Zoom and all these wonderful um, tools that we have, we were able to stay, stay in contact with our families. Mm. And students were able to continue their education. So then it was a big change, but then we transitioned to doing classes online and helping the student emotionally, um, adjusting to, you know, doing that transition. So for me, it's a privilege to uh, not just be part of being a faculty there, but also I am part of their business administration um, team where we look at curriculums and we look at um, all the different things that students need to learn in the business of administration management program. So I'm there. And um, that is um, something that I'm really proud of because I get to give back to the community that gave so much to me, right? I, I, I get to be give back in that kind of way. No, that, that's wonderful. And, and I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I laugh. It must be weird to, uh, be a student at the same as teaching. Yes. <laughs> well, I here is the thing though, right? At the level that I'm at, I'm teaching the students where I was at one point. Mm. And there's no better way to teach than the experience. Mm. Of course, we're going to teach all the... Uh, academic stuff or the tools and strategies that they need um, within the class. But when I get to tell my students a story so they can relate to the concept that I'm teaching them, there's no better way of doing that. And we all have been there, right? Where we either students or we are teaching. And I love teaching. And uh, I am creating my own platform to teach in terms of the personal development, business development. That's in the process that I'm at. I'm developing courses and um, programs to help other people that want to get to the next level in their life in their business, right? Somebody has to be the student and somebody has to be teaching. I am a lifelong learner. I'm forever going to be learning, whether if it's in um, traditional academia, or whether if I'm taking a course or going to a seminar or a conference or listening to a YouTube video or listening to a podcast or reading a book or whatever, I am forever committed to improving myself at every level because at every level, there's an opportunity for growth. And we have to be willing to do that. Uh, I guess, you know, I. I um you know we I think one of the 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 challenges right uh, as a person who's not neurotypical who has a chronic uh uh uh, uh disability um figuring out ways to move around different uh diagnoses and to move around the hardships that happen and so you mentioned earlier you know, the, these brain aneurysms, um, you know, how did you, because I'm sure, you know, there were times where you felt really down, right? And that, oh, yes. <laughs> so how did you work through it? And what are some of the things that, right, that you tried to do personally to, to not only move yourself around, but also to, to move and work with your family? Yeah. 
Well, the truth is that when I first got the news, um, my I felt that my life stopped. Yeah. Um, I I got into a mindset of like negativity. I was like thinking about death every single day. But something that I know to be truth is that when we are in the midst of a storm, a um, a difficult situation, we have to be willing to access what we know that works, and be willing to access the support that we need. And there were difficult times of depression. Not I was not clinically depressed, but I was sad. I was anxious. I was concerned about my son's future. I was concerned about leaving him, you know, in this world without my guidance. I was like, I want to see him graduate. I want to see him do great things. Like that's the reason why I had a child because I wanted to pour into him all the greatness that I have within me, right? Including the imperfections, by the way. And by the way, I do tell my son that if he ever needs a therapist to let me know, because I'm not his therapist, I'm his mommy and his mommy (laughs) imperfect. (laughs) So in that process, I remember uh, reaching out to a psychologist and I made an appointment and I talked to the psychologist and he was like, sorry, but we know each other for a while now. And you know that if you continue to think that you're going to die, you for sure are going to leave the hospital in a black bag, in a black bag. So you need to start shifting your mindset really quickly because otherwise it's not going to be a positive outcome. And in that moment is when I decided that unbreakable was the only way. because. I don't have all the answers. I'm not God, right? He decides what he decides. The universe, God, life, the whatever decides. But there is a part in that process that I am responsible for. Mm. So when I decided to become unbreakable, I decided that I would do everything that was possible within my human humanity that I could do so I could be here for my son. And then if the universe will was for me to be here, then he will keep me here. And of course, you can hear my voice now, so I'm still here, right? Yes, 11 years later. So here is the thing. I decided to change my mindset. I decided to change the way I was looking at the adversity. I decided to change my perception of the storm. I decided to look at the seed within the storm and within the crisis. And I developed what I call now the bounce back from the dirty share process Mm. that I also teach in my book, where the dirty share is those negative thoughts and and, and feelings, those negative um, ways of looking at life. And you are sitting on a dirty chair, but you know what? You can't find a way to get up and get cleaned up because you are so immersed in the chair, in the dirty thoughts that you allow yourself to lose yourself in that, right? So um, the dirty chair is the negative thoughts and processes and thinking that you may be having, you know, those stories that you tell about yourself. Well, now I'm not good enough. How do I become a a mom? And then I'm going to leave my son. He's not even done breastfeeding. How can I do this? And I start questioning myself and my purpose and my vision and my mission in the world. And I started feeling bad and I was sitting in the dirty chair and I had to find a way to get up. And I did. So the way that that looks like is we always need to recognize how we, how we got to that dirty chair. The second step after you recognize how you got there is becoming the gentle observer of what got you there in the first place. 
Some of that is because of us and some of it is because of life. Either way, you need to know why you are sitting on the dirty chair. After that, after you become the, the, the gentle observer of your thought process, of your feeling, how you got there, you get, to, you get to make a decision. You can decide that you're going to die or you can decide life. Mm. I decided that life was more important to me because I had too much to live for. Period. And then once you observe the thoughts after you know why you sit in there and you become the gentle observer and you make that decision, then you realize all the tools and strategies that you have to help yourself get through the adversity. I lost my hair through the adversity. If you can see that you are in video, right? You can see the mark right there. I was cut from here, my forehead all the way to, to my ear right there, right? Um, they shaved my head. I lost my hair. Uh, I, I looked like a monster after that brain surgery, really, with all those staples. I mean, it was like you become somebody that you, you don't even recognize yourself, right? Um, and um, all of that. And bouncing from the dirty share process helped me get from a place of like, oh, my God, I'm going to die every day. What, how, how am I going to leave my son to deciding that I can join God in the universe in a co-creative process that can prepare me to the next level and get through the crisis. Mm. And using tools and strategies like having a professional like me, right? People sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to go to therapy. That's for crazy people. We don't even utilize those, those kind of terminologies anymore because we all need support. We all need a counselor. We all need a mentor. We all need a coach. We all need someone that can sit down and listen to us and help us get through a moment of difficulty, grief, loss, um, loss of a job. Maybe you lost your home. Maybe you lost your business through the pandemic, right? You need the tools and the strategies so you can get through that. So it was not always happy moments. But I can tell you that I have experienced a lot of happy moments after that. And I think it's because I decided that I could either sit there and complain and be miserable, or I could join God into taking this opportunity to find a seed of success and greatness within that crisis. No, no, I, 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 I appreciate the, the, the things that you shared, right? The, I, I think one of the things that was running through my head as you were talking about, uh, and I don't know the uh, uh, Dominican Republic's uh, culture, but I, I know uh, Jamaica, right? <laughs> talking about mental health is not. <laughs> no. There's a saying in Dominican Republic that they say that you dirty, the dirty stuff you watch them at home. You don't go talk to nobody about your problems. You don't go tell people that you have family issues and dysfunction. You don't go tell somebody that your father has been cheating on your mom. You don't go talk about those things. Those things that stay in the house. It's the same culture, I believe. Uh, and, and so how did you, right? How, how have you found a process to overcome? And because I, for me personally, my culture is something that gives me so much strength, right? It's something that allows me to, to get up every morning and, and to 
to have a sense of pride. But then there are those elements of things of culture where I'm just like, I'm like, that, that just doesn't right. work here. It doesn't work for <laughs> me no more. <laughs> yes. And you know what? And, and here's the thing. I am a Dominican 100%. Hey. I love who I am. I love what I've become. Because I am who I am because I'm Dominican. If I would have been, I don't know, Chinese, it wouldn't be sorry, but it would be some other type of person, right? Mm. Right? So the truth is this. We don't get to live our culture. Mm. We don't live our values and who we are. What we do is we adjust some of our learning, mm. some of our mindsets, and some of our values so we can merge them so then we can change how the next generation access the things that we were told that was not available to us. Mm. So we don't leave the culture. We adjust the learning. We adjust the mindsets. We adjust the ideas and the beliefs because if you are suffering from health issues, mental health and family issues, and you are not addressing them, it's going to be really difficult for you to reach the success that you want. So instead of leaving your culture, which I do not recommend to anyone to leave who they are, what we do is we take pieces of the new beliefs and ideas that are in alignment with your beliefs and you change what needs to be changed so we can make this culture more, what? Better, better more um, fulfilling, rich, beautiful, right? So we don't need to change who we are. What we need to do is shift some of the ideas and belief that we have so we can actually become the person that we were meant to be. The, no, I, I, I completely agree with you as I, uh, there are just certain things, right? Uh, that I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that, fam. I, I, I don't know. And there's, there's other things where I'm just like, yeah, we don't have fruits and vegetables in the U.S. I'm like, we have fruits and vegetable cousins, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what y'all call that. I'm like, that's not a pineapple. That's something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you in, in your preface, um, it talks about loss, right? Um, and, and, and something personal losing you know family um I, I guess i have two questions to that is how do you find a way to decompress when you're you know interacting with people with trauma interacting with people through their journeys and then how do you find that space for yourself right to process loss because i think it's one of those universal things that we're all going to face at one point or another. And the older we get, the more loss we're going to face. Here's the thing. Um, I have created a, an unbreakable self-care practice plan hey. that I also share in the book. And literally, it's not just for the book. That's how I live my life. I believe that one of the first steps that we need to normalize is that loss and grief is a normal process of life. We were created to be born, grow, 
develop and we're going to die. Everybody will be dying at some point and somebody's going to grieve our lo- the loss of having us, of not having us anymore. So I think that one of the first things that we need to do is normalize that grief is a personal process and grief has to be processed in a way that it is normalized. It's not an issue if you're grieving. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn the people that you lost in your life. In 2013, um, I was pregnant and one day I went to the doctor's office at 36 weeks of gestation, December 27, 2013, for routine um, ultrasound. And unfortunately, um, Giancarlo was already gone. At 36 weeks of gestation, he was already gone. And the, this is the thing, like in your, in your li- everyday life, you're not a therapist. You're just a person. I don't walk around being like, I'm a therapist, I'm a therapist, I know everything, I'm a therapist, I know this, I know that, right? I cry like everybody else would. I grieve like everybody else would. But what I what I found in that process is that utilizing the bounce back from the dirty share process helped me honor my grief, helped me um, give myself the space that I need when I am grieving. Even to this day, when I wake up and I'm grieving, I honor that grief, whatever that grief looks like. And I remember that when I was writing the chapter about grief and loss, the day that I wrote that chapter, I had to take that day off from work, from my practice, and the next day. Because I was emotionally drained from all the emotion and telling you guys the story in the book. And it put me right back into that grief mm-hmm. of loss. And it was a hard, hard situation. But I knew that I needed to honor where I was in that moment. I needed to become the gentle observer of my feelings. And I needed to honor it. And I needed to allow it. Right? You need to allow your feelings. You cannot suppress your feelings. You need to look at them. You need to know how you got there. You need to know what your feelings, what you're feeling, what you are experiencing in the moment. And then at some point you need to get from up from the dirty chair. You can't be sitting on the dirty chair forever. Okay. So I use the dirty chair process. I journal. I, I, I journal a lot. I have notebooks, journals that I utilize to literally develop the way I want to feel, the way I want to process things. And like I was telling you before, you know, that in every adversity in life, in the moment when you are going through the crisis, you may not think about what all the great things that are going to come out of this. Like in that moment, you may not be thinking about that. But something that I do know is that there's two things that I have been able to do. One, ask myself the right questions. Mm. Never ask yourself, why me? Why not you? You're alive. You're human. You got cells. (laughs) Why not you? It could happen to anybody. That is the truth. It can happen to any of us. Any or any of us. There's nobody. When the sun comes out, it comes out for everybody. But when it's raining and there's a storm, ain't nobody going to be off limit. You are going to experience the storm too. So um, that's one thing that I need, that I think we human need to start asking ourselves important questions. Instead of like, why me? Well, why not me? I'm human. I'm alive, right? And that's part of life. And asking yourself, what is the purpose of this adversity? 
what is the purpose? What what is it that I can learn from it? How can I utilize this moment, this situation um, to help others or to help myself be in a better place? And for me, I needed to help my son grieve the loss of his little brother that was well was supposed to be born and we were not able to bring home. We went home empty-handed, no baby. I needed to show him as a leader of my personal life, how do you grieve? How you honor that grief? And uh, I was able to teach you and Anthony that when you feel sad, we can cry together. Mm-hmm. When you feel happy and you want to remember Giancarlo's in a happy way, we can do that too. And I remember that that summer we went to grief counseling together mm-hmm. and we spent the summer in grief counseling doing some work. And when he was okay, he said, I don't need no more counseling, mommy. I'm okay. So now when we remember Giancarlos, we laugh, right? We're like, oh my God, you remember the time when he was kicking in the belly? And then we were like, Giancarlo, what are you doing in there? Are you dancing salsa or something? What is it that you're doing in there? Because he it was a very active baby. So you have to honor your grief. You have to ask yourself important questions. And at some point you have to decide that you need to bounce back from that dirty share and find the purpose of, of your pain. And I did. And one of the things that I have done is that it's called the JC Precious Mind Foundation. Mm-hmm. JC Foundation is a nonprofit organization that helps single moms in the Dominican Republic who have children with special needs. Mm-hmm. And we provide them all the finances, resources that they need to help their children thrive. So we provide them with housing a special food for the kids that have um, sensory issues. We provide them with all the testing that they need, OT, PT, speech, psychological, psychiatric, neurological, anything that they need to find out what's going on with the child. And then we also provide the resources for uniform, a special education, because there's no special education in the Dominican Republic. Kids are not able to be in school unless the parents can pay for them to be in school to get special education. So we pay for their special education, uniform, clothing, shoes, um, school supplies, supplies to help them through their therapies. Uh, We provide them with all the resources that they need. Additionally, uh, the other part of this amazing foundation is that I think that next year I'm going to incorporate the second part of this foundation, which is sending single moms either back to school so they can learn how to thrive for themselves because we need to teach them how to fish, right? We're giving you the fish now, but I want you to learn how to go catch the fish so you can feed these babies because we need to help other people, right? And then, or help them start their own business. So that's what has come out of um, that loss and that grief. Mm -hmm. Of course, my business funds and help fund this. And then I have another um, founder who has made a very significant um, donation to the foundation. Mm -hmm. And everything that I earn from everything that I do that comes from Unbreakable itself, all the funds go to the JC Precious Mind Foundation to mm-hmm. help children with special needs in the Dominican Republic. No, that that is so so beautiful. Um, for you, those of y'all who are listening, you're listening to Just in Time Conversations, WNHH FM 103.5. I'm your host, Justin Farmer. 
speaking of our guest, uh, Zora Bell Martinez, talking about uh, her upcoming book, uh, Unbreakable, uh, as well as talking about uh, the things that uh, try to break us in life. Uh, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I uh, you know, as we're nearing the end of our time, um, one of my favorite things to ask people is, you know, uh, what's a song that uh, speaks to them or a song that they connect to, right? uh, to, to, to remind us of you, to remind us of the things that we're talking about so that we can share in each other experience? I don't know. I listen to Hispanic music. I am Dominican and I like merengue and bachata. And there's one song um, that this woman sings um, called uh, Dicen Que Soy Mala. They say that I'm bad, right? Hey. But I'm not bad. I'm just a woman that is empowered, making decisions to not suffer and not allow adversity to just take me down. That's the song. So it's in Spanish. Unfortunately, you know, <laughs> you can go by her. Um, her name is Olga Tañón, and the song is uh, Dicen Que Soy Mala. And, um, and it reminds me of, um, of my grandma, right, who was illiterate at one point and learned how to read and write as an adult and went back to school as an adult. It reminds me of my mom and all the great things that she has done and all my ancestors before me that paved the path for me to be here. Because listen, this is not a one woman show. This is a village of all the women holding me together so I can build this Quindom legacy. So um, I'm I'm very honored and I'm very happy to share um, this space with you guys. And um, the book is already launched. You can go hey. to becomeunbreakablebook.com and there you can purchase the book if you want to. But I also give you the opportunity to get a sneak peek inside the book. I give you the introduction and I gift you the first chapter. So that way that if you want to um, read it before you buy it, uh, what people are saying is I can't put it down. So I know you're not gonna be able to put it down. Trust me when I tell you that. And so, and how do people connect with you otherwise? I am Soribel Martinez. That we're everywhere. LinkedIn, you will find me at Soribel Martinez. Facebook, Soribel Martinez. Instagram, XOXO Soribel. Uh, <laughs> XOXO Soribel. Um, my website, SoribelMartinez.com. If you want to buy a signed copy of the book and the journal, you can go to SoribelMartinez.com. You can click on book. Or and and you will find the book and you I'm everywhere. You can find me everywhere. If you need mental health services, I am the CEO and owner of SM Psychotherapy and Counseling Services. And the website is psychotherapyandcounselingservices.com. And we serve women and their families. And their families include their men in their life. So it's not just women, it's also men. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed for needing the help that you need. No. Because we deserve the help. Decide that that's what you want. And it doesn't matter what anybody says, you can have access to it. No, I, I agree with you fully. Thank you so much. 
uh, for joining us today on Just in Time Conversations, WNHHFM. Uh, thank you to our guest, Zorabel Martinez. Until next time, uh, this is Justin Farmer. Let's continue to plant the seeds of change so we can grow together. Yes, thank you so much. No problem.